Um, all right. So episode six. Six. And today's guest is my wife, Holly Turnbull. My wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> this is the high class stuff I was going for. So today we're tattooing her upper arm. It is a drawing I did. Many moons ago. I don't, dude, I really actually don't fucking remember when I drew that. Pre-Abby, but post-Mason. It, it had to be when he was about this size, but it's a woman holding an infant. She looks like she's protecting him, and that's the gist of it. But it's a really cool drawing, and it, it's modeled after you. I mean, it looks like you. Is that going to be like a thing, like having you on you? It's going to be a... I have Lucille Ball on my right arm, and people think that I have my right profile on my right arm. Are they fucking blind? That happens all the time. I, I, I don't look anything like her. No. They're like little eyes and lips, and she's got. Why that. would I put my right profile on my it's, right she's arm? She's got red hair. Also, it's loose. I've had ball. red hair. That's true. Did you get it when you had red hair? That makes more sense. Ooh, maybe I did. Okay, well, this one is you. So now, you, yeah, you're gonna get it. But it's like an animated version. It's not quite it. It's not an ego problem if they're animated, right? It's like if I got an animated version of me. I don't. It, it sounds worse I, if I do it. Well, anywho, tattoos tell stories. Why is that not a? It's, that's not a problem no it's, been, it's just line work today um i was nervous because i was using my machine a minute ago and it was not cooperating but oh for anyone getting tattooed after this it works great you're welcome yeah um i'm always the test subject you fucking are <laughs> the first time i bought a machine i tested it on her and i didn't know what i was doing that was the cheyenne like seven years ago yeah that was also the green soap non-diluted you were swollen yeah i did some damage yeah. and the tattoo looked but it did come out bad <laughs> it did yeah we fixed he, it remember oh yeah. yeah it looked great right away and then it healed it bad. was a lot of pressure you were working in a shop you were very concerned about what the owner thought of you and i cried and you got really upset with me for crying <laughs> like my oh, boss is yeah. here to fucking cry I, yeah the only person who ever cried while i'm tattooing him it's my wife not looking strong as a team how many inches did my arm swell up after that though a good three it was yeah dude you yeah got a ham hock for an arm yeah so, I so fucked, you know. know my crying was warranted yeah i fucked you up uh for i hit it the crying? Yeah. I buried it in my arm. You just knew. That's that's the international sign for I'm crying. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. In fact, like if you would just like sat I hit up. It. You don't draw attention to it. That draws attention to it. If you just sit up and like Cherokee stream down your face, then it's like a brave thing. No. Yeah. They're like, you know, they think that you're going through like really tremendous personal changes. But when you bury your head in your arm, you're just fucking crying. Okay. Oh, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I've already started. All right. I, know. I think we addressed in the outtake that there I don't aren't... get the same courtesies that the clients get. Yeah, there are not outtakes on this show. It's just, I just air what I air, and then you have to wonder what was left out. I'm not going to do all these little striations on the hair, though. We're going to be here all day. We'll, yeah. we'll do this in chunks. Yeah. How does this feel? Fine. Yeah. No, you, oh, but what to what you were saying, you do not get the sympathy other people get. I don't. No. no. I get, I think sympathy is exhausting to me. <laughs> And so you should take it as a compliment that I don't feel the need to put up that false front. false front of having feelings. It's weird to hear you do it with other people. I think it's a nick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when boyfriends have feelings, ew. ew. That, <laughs> I I keep getting accused of being like a sociopath by people that get to know me really well, and uh, I think I'm the only person who hasn't actually called you a sociopath though. No, but I do recognize that. Uh, they're... Yeah, you're the only one who like just experiences it right on hand. But you, you are the reason that I'm not one. Oh, it. Well, 
but I'm going to become one if you do that. Shit. <laughs> Made it weird. I'll go right back to not feeling anything. Uh, but no, when we, I mean, when we met, I was pretty. Um, is that, are you getting a lot of the tattoo machine in your? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Let's uh. There you go. So the back, you're fine. Just adjust that that way. You just put the mic in your face. Oh, I'm just getting the back of it. Much better. Yeah, better, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Something else a lot of people don't really know about Tyler uh, could could err on the side of the psychopath thing. Careful now. <laughs> you don't want to go missing. Auditorially, you are. You oh, have no. But that I kind of touched on that on the Vegas episode. I think that Did like you? you you guys. But think, it's bad. Yeah, you guys it's think bad. I'm on like the, on you just got a brand new car. Yes. But and I you heard the slightest it. rattle that you, I, I didn't hear it. Yeah. Our kids didn't hear it. And you. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> you couldn't carry on a conversation. I know. You it's... hit, you hit, you're not violent, but just to try to solve where the vo- the noise, the voice, the noise was coming from. The voices. <laughs> to stop the voices, I do hit. <laughs> you smacked the overhead lamp so hard that you broke it. This is true. <laughs> but in my defense, it was poorly engineered. <laughs> it's German. I think it, they're gonna have a word with you after this. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing they do. I so yeah, I got I've had some auditory issues. Some. So, oh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. I do. When we let's tell the story about when we first moved into our house. I don't remember it though. There's so much shit. Which house? This new one? Mm-hmm. The gate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I don't. This is also like an uh, what is it an allegory for like how you're always your own worst enemy, but you don't know it till later. Yeah, certainly. You gave away the ending of the story, though. Not really, but go ahead. I am the gate. So that we have a a new. You notice that like we're like five minutes in, and like I already sound like a bougie dick because I'm <laughs> going to mention my new car and then our gated neighborhood. Oh yeah, I guess you don't. You don't have to yeah. tell that story. I'll I'll tell the story. Oh, I'll tell the story, but with the. The, the addendum that I have a severe gambling problem and we lose most of the money we have to it. Or just that we lost our house to a natural disaster. That's sad, though. <laughs> so anyways. Well, I don't... This we, is going awfully. Um, what is the... <laughs> the, like, relationship? <laughs> um, we, but we moved into a new house. It, it has a gate and we are right by the gate. We're, we're like the first house into the gated area and it beeped. Which, incessantly yeah well every time it opened it beeped so, so but like, it opened every three minutes okay but that, that so that was the problem the problem yeah. oh, well the beep was a problem too but i i so i have auditory problems i don't know what it is maybe it's a spectrum thing i got sleep issues too who fucking knows um i will i will we'll get into not all of it. go to a doctor <laughs> no so um i i am spectrumy with sounds and i will fixate it will become my identity is stopping it didn't take you long i think it only took you like the first 12 hours at that house yeah yeah it wasn't but it was so often it was literally every three minutes okay so it beeped when it opened and that was a problem in and of itself and then it began opening every five minutes for three days straight yeah and i feel like in my defense at that point anybody would have lost it was too much right well so the neighbors started to notice and they were talking to me about it and like they caught me outside with the moving truck yeah and they were like, yeah, the gate, you know, it's, but they acted like it was normal. They were like, yeah, it does that sometimes. Um, yeah, which bothered me. I was not okay with people not being as completely wrecked by this as I am. Yeah. So um, I went on a war path and I started contacting anyone and everyone I could to get this to stop. The I, landlord, the HOA. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was calling other HOAs. You got to the point where it was raining and you were like, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to take the shield off the box. 
Yeah. And I'm going to fucking stop this noise. I was going to go literally slit the throat of the machine that opened the <laughs> gate. And, and then, then I noticed you left for work the first day of work after we moved in. Yeah, you texted and it was me and you were like, quiet. you were like, dude, um, it's actually not bad. I think they, I fixed, think they it. fixed it. And I, so I was just super excited. I came home and I was, I was like, you know, ready to stop losing my mind. And it started. We laid again. down the bed. It, yeah. And there it goes again. So what? Maybe five days. You, of this? you bought earplugs for this. I did. It was too much. Like you were like, this is life. I now. was on my, on the edge. It was bad. Yeah. I was going to climb a tower <laughs> and then it, so maybe a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And then one day I noticed my, the longest week of all of our lives. It was long. I made it long. I'll admit that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know what I'm like when there's a noise. Oh. Like when I bought the last car, which was still a pretty nice car. Yeah. It, but it was old. I It was six years old. Ten, I thought. I bought it in, it was an 11 and I bought it in 17. Oh, did you? Wow. Yeah, or 18. Yes. Time is irrelevant. It was 17. Um Time is relevant. You want me to go on a rant nope, about that? No, okay. thank you. Sorry. So, <laughs> Take it back. Uh, anyways, I had that car, what, like uh, a week and I took both doors same, off. Same fucking noise that this one's making though. It was in the sunroof and you ended up putting a... No, remember I took both doors off and I insulated both doors because I could hear the rattle from the uh, wires that go to the speaker. Yeah, but then you ended up putting a bottle cap in the sunroof. Sometimes it's the cheap stuff to fix it. Anyways, the gate. So, wow, I'm bad at staying on track. I Boy, I get worked up about noises though. Mm-hmm um the gate yeah so i get home and it's still totally shitty it's been like a week of this and then one day I and notice... i'm very confused though because like i said it yeah, had been it quiet stop and so I, that's I, when i was like hold the phone i had a clicker for the gate and i noticed it had been flashing red and i thought that was just <laughs> it, what that's it what it was did. you were in the bathtub taking a bubble bath as you do i'm a bubble bath boy you are <laughs> And it was laying on top of your jeans Winston on the floor. Winston Churchill used to live in <laughs> Listen, the bath. Hey, and he I got you on the bubble baths. Things. Okay, this is it's fine. So, but your clicker was laying on your jeans, and it was blinking incessantly. Yeah. And when it blinked, the gate would beep, and but, I went, "Oh." Yeah, okay. And I I fought internally with saying anything to you. I was like, "Do I let him figure it out himself, or do I bring it to him? Because I don't know how." much worse it's gonna drive him crazy yeah like, but i have that it i have the life insurance now so like that kind of stuff you can mention Stop. i hate that you talk about that about me killing myself yeah. I well hate if that. you can't laugh about it oh okay <laughs> i can <laughs> so yeah sh- god damn what a humbling moment though i had i'm not kidding i had called other hoas and, oh yeah i've been like hey, googled what's the hoa to my building and they're like who is this stop calling <laughs> and i was like it's still beeping <laughs> like we don't care they, yeah they don't fucking obviously they don't care nobody cared the whole neighborhood didn't care no. i was losing my shit wasn't i standing outside on the porch in like you were i was dick, a madman i was dick out but with a hoodie on <laughs> just staring <laughs> at the gate plotting in the rain and i was like it will end we don't and then you I, were doing your asian dad thing where you stand outside with your hands behind your back yes just watching <laughs> and i was like very disappointing <laughs> but i it was me <laughs> surprise <laughs> it, was my it was me the whole time every we time we replaced the battery and it was dead quiet do you not remember even the na- old sweet neighbor lady came oh, out and she, she was like thank you so much for fixing that yeah she was like you guys really like raised i didn't hell wanna... yeah she was like i was not because i told her i was like my well. husband reached out to the hoa like we're trying <laughs> we will stop but this. it's so weird that nobody connected that like these two moved in and then that's when i was like great we're the tattooed couple we just moved in and now the gate won't stop incessantly beeping all right well here's where i still have a problem 
that gate beeped normally anyways, which means anyone coming in and oh, out. Oh, right. They did end up turning it down. No, they turned it off. It's off. Right, 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 But, right, but right. like when we moved in, the gate beeping was normal and they were all just they were fine, with, fine it. with it. But but they were fine with it, Tyler, because it didn't beep 85 times in a day. One time is too much. <laughs> For you. You don't make gates beep. <laughs> Who like they And it was a safety issue. They were like, well, we have to have it beeping so that no one gets hit by the gate that moves they a move mile so per hour. <laughs> But so do the so people does, in our yeah, neighborhood. We, so we live around a lot of old people, and one of which uh, went a week without sleeping because of me. Yeah. So when she came out and she was like, I wasn't sleeping well. I was like- Miss Nona? Yeah. Aww. So I was like, yeah, we figured out the problem. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, it was the Russian people that moved <laughs> next door to us. <laughs> and she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, they were doing that to you. They wanted you out of that <laughs> home. He's lying. It's uh, Well, that's a lie. Yeah, but me saying it's not a lie. <laughs> Miss Nona doesn't need to know that I'm the fucking devil incarnate. So, I, I think I told her. I raised. I, I have a problem with honesty. I, poor Aunt, or uh, Anthony. The, oh yeah. The dude that I was hitting up about yeah. this. He's like, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to reach. Yeah, out he's like, dude, I'm right. I'm talking to people left and right, and he's like, I, I, I'm. They're just not really seeing it as urgent as I'm hearing from you. And you brought your wife on the podcast, and we're talking about the fucking HOA. Well, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, you just okay. want to critique me with no input huh how typical <laughs> just you got, asked me to do that got problem ask you to what critique you i don't really though <laughs> make me sound good to the people there's listeners in belgium now they need to know only my positive traits mm-hmm. should I, I should we should probably turn this off then <laughs> oh my fucking god you're gonna get edited so hard I'm going to edit the shit out of you. Okay, fine. You're lying again. Let, what? Editing? Yeah. I edit. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's editing is just me going It's up, me listening to it. It's me going upstairs, putting my headphones on and going, Holly, this just sounds great. <laughs> I'm keeping it. Keep it all. <laughs> and then, uh, except I did edit the Vegas episode quite a bit because Chris and I were laying on the beds with the microphones on our chests. Could just, you hear your tummies? It, you just, dude, it, like you could hear a swallowing. It was so gross. It's a nick. It, yeah, it's a nick. Yeah, I don't. I try my best to make sure that I stay attractive to you. You do a good job. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm gonna, so I ask a series of questions to everybody that comes on the podcast. Oh, okay, so this, I've asked this to everybody. Um, am I sexually satisfying you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's about the answer I get from everybody. <laughs> Brindle hesitated. Yeah, he <laughs> would. He would. He, yeah, he doesn't. The implications of that would ruin his. <laughs> uh, is this hurting? Because no. sometimes I, I do a long line and you do that thing where you look off to the side. I'm doing that because I'm. I feel like I'm breathing into the mic. <sighs> people don't like that yeah. or people really like mm. that yeah I, if you do it maybe oh. i would like to be paid for that though me too <laughs> i know <laughs> it's not cool when guys do it that asmr stuff is all girls isn't it they yeah like tap their nails oh my god i don't know i'm sure there's dudes out there who do it but asmr yeah it's because dudes are like nasty horny i have tiktok kind. women just want to watch dudes chop logs for some reason Oh, that's interesting because I got a video of me chopping logs and I didn't get <laughs> nothing but shit for it. Oh my God, do yeah. You're gonna have to post that with this now. That's oh. fucking audio. Why did I? Why did that video exist at all? You went to the woods and fasted by yourself, fasted in freezing weather, 
Yeah. And, and some weird shit happened. I broke myself. You chopped wood without a shirt on. So I went. A few of those things did not <laughs> uh, were not intended to have happened. Uh, the shirt I, being off, the chopping. You had to chop the wood, but. Got to chop the wood. But you're not the type of person to think, I'm going to film this. No. So I don't know where that came from. I filmed it for Mason because I bought that new axe. Right. And he was like, he kept saying, Daddy, show me the axe, show me the axe. So I filmed it. But then as I watched it, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? I, there's no way to film yourself chopping wood that doesn't just look, it's creepy. Thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like that part of the documentary where they show what happened before the guy killed someone. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah. But I, so, I, man, I made some decisions that weekend that were not great. So I, my first thought was I need to go to the woods. I'm burned out. I'm tired of people, things, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, of course. Um, so I went to the woods and I, I, when I do that stuff, I don't eat depending on how long I'm there. Just water to clear. I packed them food. Yeah. That's packed, the emergency. Packed, yeah. If something goes yeah. south, that's my emergency food. Protein bars. Um, you know, like if I break a leg, I'm going to be there a while. I'm going to have me a protein bar. Yeah. But. Hot hands for your socks for your tootsies. It, yeah. I use those. <laughs> yeah. Um, it got gnarly though. It rained and it got freezing <laughs> and it snowed and it sleeted and. I didn't check the weather. <laughs> so yeah. I, the first night there, I was like. It, what, it, was like, it was nice when you left. It was yeah, like it was 60s. like 65 degrees. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be a good night. And the first night I was like, oh, that got cold. Chilly. Yeah. And then the next day I hadn't eaten. So that kind of crashes your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of cold already too. And then the weather moved in. Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night and like the, the it was a full moon. Mm-hmm. And I thought people, so when I camp, I go remote. I, I hike out like a half mile away from anything. And I set up my little pup tent that I carry in my back. I don't want to be around anyone. And I had what I thought was flashlights being shined all in my tent at like 3 a.m. It kind of freaked me the fuck out. And I had that knife I carry on my neck. So mm-hmm. I was holding on to that just like waiting. Not all the time, just on camping trips. And just on camping trips. So I was waiting for the cult to drag me out right. and sacrifice me to the goat god. And I opened my, you know, like every horror movie, mm-hmm. you confront them first. <laughs> if you surprise a killer fast <laughs> enough, he will forget he wants to kill you. So I unzipped quickly the tent. <laughs> and uh, I looked outside and it was a full moon and the trees were so violently swaying in the wind that it was flashing. It was a bright moon. I was sitting out back at our house that night. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, this has a vibe. It was not. It was a high wind. It was way up there. It was very there. windy. Yeah. And it, so anyways, long story short. Uh, and trees... I was trying to text you to warn you about the weather, but you had no cell service. No. Until you, like, you walked that pipeline. I don't think I enjoy things unless I'm risking a lot. You got to be miserable yeah. to end up coming out of it and go, oh, wait, no, I'm happy. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's set the bar so fucking low that anything that's stressing me out is like, I actually you looked god awful when you got home from that campaign. I think I have a photo. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it was rough. So, well, here's where it gets rough. So then the wind's kicking these trees all around and I'm um, laying in the tent and it. I have a, a, a little one man tent. Yeah, one man tent, but I have a sleeping bag for. Uh, 50 degrees I, it was a total and it was below break. that it, it dropped down to like 20, 20. and rained mm-hmm. and what's worse is because it was 70 degrees literally hours before and i was chopping wood shirtless for the camera crew i had sweated all over myself oh. so when i went to bed the sweat turned to ice i woke up with literal ice in the Sheets, cavity yeah. of my extremely ripped huge chest that you're aware mm. of yeah and so then well you were on testosterone at that time so uh, yeah probably oh it's not funny then oh, yeah now it's funny um but yeah you don't look like that anymore no i don't it was amazing when you get off testosterone you don't look like you're on testosterone so 
but that I, I had ice on me. I literally woke up with ice on my chest, ice inside the tent just for me breathing. And my first thought was like, oh, this is how I die. And so I spent the rest of the night just shivering, trying to stay warm. I would pace outside once in a while. It's cold outside too. Ooh, that weird. didn't work. Yeah. Um, you mean the like quarter of an inch of fabric that you dangled from a tree was not any warmer? It didn't than work. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Wet <laughs> and cold. Yeah. It, it was, like there are moments where you think if I do die this way, I am fucking embarrassed. And that, that was probably one that of was them. one of them for sure. Because my breath was getting slow, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh boy, like uh, how do you even? And I knew. Like, I was lying at home in our bed, but I was like, he's fucking miserable right now. This is whether you can't survive. This idiot. It was really dumb. And it came out of nowhere. It, you know, like, there are times where you realize that every once in a while, nature will give you a fuck you in particular moment. That was the one. Yeah, where it's like, I'm going to drop the weather 70 degrees, rain on you, and then when you wake up in the morning, it'll all be gone. So I woke up the next morning, and I was out there, what, two nights, three days? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a cool vacation when you say it like yeah, that. Yeah, you were going to stay another night, but I... No, no. I, I left on my own accord. Yeah. No one talked me out of that. I woke up and they had flooded. The area I was in had No, flooded. you left, but you the intent was to stay another night. But then yeah, the weather I gonna, happened. I was going to stay a week, mm-hmm. but the I got flooded out as soon as mm-hmm. I saw, because I was in the uh, Cadillac. Yes. Very, very low to the ground car. Yeah. A camping vehicle for a guy like me. Right. God, I We've addressed that decisions. you are so smart. Dude, what is You're up? so beautiful. How did I make so it this pretty. far? <laughs> That's all I got. My big stone man. Uh, <laughs> well, so I, I yeah, <laughs> almost died in the woods for... The, a however, spiritual reason? The, oh, it's always a spiritual reason. But the purpose was to experience misery on a level that would make me appreciate, appreciate where I was. Yeah. And boy, that worked. I actually haven't gone back in a while. That's true. So kudos. It worked. Um, I don't remember how we got here. Just my general stupidity. Probably. Why is that the topic? <laughs> you asked me to come on here and criticize you. I did. I told you. You said, be honest. Let the people know what I'm really working with. I didn't ask you to criticize me, but it's very telling when I say be honest and there's an implication it's going to be heavily negative. <laughs> and I'm like, just just let I'm them know. I'm joking. About what? It being negative. Like, it's not all negative. It can be. I'll survive. You like it. This is like a kink for you. It's a step on my balls. Daddy you want me. Yeah, sure, you right? want me to tell you how you terrible you are. Everyone compliments me all the fucking time. Mm, that's what sets me apart from the other ones. You don't. I have the secrets. From the other ones? <laughs> the other women's, yeah. They... <laughs> They do compliment me a lot. I know. Like, a, a, see, you're, I'm doing a like thing. A and, lot. I'm doing a thing, and you're supposed to stop it. And you're just like, I know. That's, I, that's oh, God. who you are. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even get deprecation from you. I'm going to have to hire a surrogate to just shit on me all the time. Oh, well, I'm sure just by putting this out there, there's going to be a lot of DMs. I'll do it. I got it. Yeah. Fuck you. You're stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into that. If you want to do that, guys, just send me an insult. It, you know what it is, though? It's because you remember when we first met and I was the most egotistical monster on the planet? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. You took a moment like you... Did, bring have we tra- come far from that? Trauma up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't find myself very... You were very cold. Unpleasant. So it was the kind of ego where it was egotistical, but also emotionally bereft. There was nothing there. Nothing. You literally told me you were a robot. Yeah, and I remember, I remember one argument in particular in that first apartment where I remember like crying at you and being like, "Show, I know you want to cry, show emotion." Yeah, and I was shut. And you down. were like, "Nope." Childhood trauma is pretty sweet, dude. It's got a lot of cool side effects. Um, but I, I did not enjoy who I was at that time, mm-hmm. and yeah. so I remember then I could not take any form of critique. It, it would mm-hmm. be, yeah, it's a problem. So now I like, I think I do enjoy when people are 
brutally honest and or perhaps negative to a degree because it it makes me realize I do feel and I do. You do. I will say I don't know that you're better at taking critique now. Well, I feel it. But you feel it. That's, that's the yeah, point. Yeah, you like, did not feel it. Oh, like no, you were literally. Sucks. Like when I show you a piece of art or something I've made and you're like this you know, you you could work on this part, or you know, I love it except for maybe work here. Oh, the and, first podcast episode. Yeah. Oh, when, when the audio was garbage. When you had me listen to that, and I just <laughs> and I was I was just literally <laughs> like, you came to me and said, "Hey, listen to this. Give me your honest opinion." Cool. Got no, it. It's worse than gave that. you my honest opinion, and you were like, "Fuck all of that." I, came, I hate you. <laughs> no, I came to you and I said, "I think this sounds bad. What do you think?" <laughs> and you go, "This sounds bad. bad." And I was like. I can't fucking, fucking believe. believe you said that. <laughs> you don't support anything I do. And then I went upstairs and I was like, God damn it, she's right. Yeah. And But honestly, had you not said that, though, I either would have continued with making audio, like because the, the machine sound was driving. Yeah. As, well, as we I pointed out, I can't deal sounds, with sounds. Yeah, man. I knew that was driving you nuts. And, and I reached out to a friend who does... Like, this is his bread and butter. Yeah, and he gave me the solid and ass I advice. And I got pointers. Like, I wasn't just going to let you flounder and just be like, oh, sounds like shit, figure it out. But... But that critique, though, I it I just like that when I get critiqued in a negative way, I'm like, I feel anything at all. Because when we first met, it was yes. just... I prefer what you do now. Like, I'd prefer you to pout a bit than to just be like... Mm. Yeah, to be upset about the event or, yeah. the, you know, whatever it is. You're easy, though. Like, you have... You've got these moments that I think you think are a lot I'm self, harsher than they are. I'm self-critical. Oh, I don't, you cr- I don't oh, ever want to so go back to that guy, though. That guy was dangerous. No, I know. I agree. I I mean I think I do a pretty good job of yeah. like reeling you in and quite often. I don't mean like exotic dangerous. I mean like a like a fucking problem. Yeah, he was yeah. like a, just a problem. Just a just a gross dick. problem. A dick. Just a real dick. Yeah, that guy. No, but he's not. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous about the tattoo or talking. Yeah. No, talking. You're not nervous about talking, are you? No. Should we? I think we should reel it back, probably. Right? Like what the conversation? To, to hat. No, I mean like give some context to like how we met and. Oh yeah, where for, we for got sure, to there, yeah, for like sure. Twenties and I told people how we met. For real, for real. <laughs> no, the Pokemon thing. Yeah, Bakugan. So that's not hugely inaccurate. It's just like grossly uh, exaggerated for oh. comedic value. What is it? <gasps> that's the name of my biography. Grossly exaggerated for, for comedic, comedic value. value. Oh for my sure. god! Yeah. Wow, I usually come up with the really good ones. I'm proud of you. That was. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> We met in sixth grade. We did. That was factual. Yeah, that actually is true. Uh, she got moved into my classroom because she did naughty things. <laughs> I, okay. I, maybe people remember this game. Maybe they don't. But people, like when you were growing up and we were in sixth grade, we were what, 11? You'd yeah. You'd play games and like pick friends who were like the mom and the dad and the grandma and the sister and stuff like that. I don't remember that. We played Fuck, Mary Kill. I mean, we did that too and MASH and all that other stuff. Yeah. But, no, this was like a game where like one of my friends came up with it. I didn't come up with it. But we, my friend Brittany was my quote unquote mom. And I remember we were writing letters back and forth. And I think I said in the letter something along the lines of like, I know what you did with dad or something like that. And oh, like, God. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, I don't think I've yeah. actually we all, heard the specifics. There were it. letters to everybody that were pretty like. Jesus. Pushing the line. We were, you know, you're at that age where you're like, yeah, I hear things, but I don't really know them. Yeah. It was that. And um, I'm at that age right now. <laughs> always. And so the letter went in my friend's binder, her trapper keeper. And she, ooh, that is sensitive. 
Sorry. Um, she took it. <clears throat> Recalling memories is tough. She took it home, and her mom found it, and her mom read it and called my mom, and my mom was like, "That's not cool. That's not you. This is a problem." However, my mom was a secretary mm-hmm. at the elementary school, and she was the like the head secretary, so she was the principal's right hand woman, and they didn't. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was my. Uh, soul leaving the, my body. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't take kindly to the letter, and nobody understood that it was a game. And like Brittany even tried, like because we took her to school in the mornings, and she tried to explain to my mom, like it was just a joke. Like we all, like it's we're all in on it. Where nobody is like offended or anything. And my mom was like, I don't care. Like she can't talk like this. She can't write things like this. Like this is disgusting. This isn't the daughter I raised. And so she took it to the principal and the principal told me she was going to make copies of it and stick it in every hallway and change Brittany's name to my name. Jesus. And she was like, how would it feel if I called you those things? And I was like, this is weird because I've talked to my best friend in depth and she's not mad. Like she laughed about it. Yeah. It was funny. Um, so they took me out of the class. That was their solution to that. And just to preface this, I never got in trouble in school. Ever. Never. I, there was one time in third grade that the teacher made an example out of me without my permission. Like, I didn't know we were doing this. Yeah. And she scolded me for something and sent me into the hallway and I bawled my eyes out and she came out and laughed and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that like, no, this isn't like, I was just showing people what happens if like, I yell at you, you know? You you and Abby are a lot like that. Very much. Yeah. I am so afraid of disappointing people. Yeah. So that was just like me, ex- like me and my friends just being goofy. And it got very twisted. It got out of hand very, very quickly. And um, so, yeah. So I got to sit at a little tiny desk in the principal's office for a week. Oh, that's where I saw you. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you were there. Freq- you were a frequent flyer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I visited you and Brindle. You, Brindle, and Sai. Yeah. So, uh, rest Cy, in peace. Yeah, Sai's dead now, so, actually. He, uh, he took the path that we all were avoiding. Yeah. Um, so my mom was right to be worried. but um, she, Your mom was accurate, yeah. So I spent the week in there, and that was the week of uh, tax testing yep and because i wasn't allowed to go to the cafeteria until all of you guys left the cafeteria like i was treated like a full-fledged criminal yeah like guantanamo bay style they really hammered down hard on that stupid note (laughs) impressive and you were doing worse things than me yeah Uh, meanwhile and i was just getting like so you would come in from time to time and i remember peeking around the corner and like being like "Ooh, who's that guy and hello and behold jinko jeans yeah you jinko jeans and your uh my oil blonde top uh, undershave hair yeah yeah oh, um jesus but yeah so a rough look you were in there quite often with brindle and i ended up in your class when it got time yeah to go back to classes um so after that week they sent me to your class and i kept my head very low <laughs> you got stuck over by miss blaylock's desk i remember that i yeah i was like a criminal i, I was the one yeah. to be watched i remember being like who's this dangerous creature which was so strange because i was not dangerous at all um but i'm glad that i had that like people thought that you had that allure about you <laughs> yeah um that's what and it, then that's we went me. to recess one day and brindle double dog dared you to run over to me because I had my brother's Nike swoosh shirt yeah. on and it said swoosh across my chest. Can I, I just preface this by saying that I don't fucking back down on double dog dares. Right. You right. double dog dare me anything, I'm going to rise to the occasion. Right. Still to this day. Yeah. And I had developed before a majority of the girls. Uh, You, yeah, I do recall. Man, it's weird to talk about that as an adult. Isn't it weird? Uh, yeah. You were respectively bosoming yeah. as a small 
delicate child yeah. who deserved. That was the same year I got my period. Respect. So that makes oh, sense. Wow. It all hit at once, huh? Yeah. I was the opposite. <laughs> I was a. F- you didn't get your period that year. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a five year old's body till I was 19. I know. Yeah. You were so tiny. I was so Tyler bit. only came up to my to my n- nipples. I mean, you know, yes. that's where you were. That was it. That was the height. So obviously, where uh, were you going to be? I didn't want to grow. Right. And, and you did. So, oh, yeah, right. The dare. So he dared me. So he dared you because I was wearing my brother's Nike swoosh shirt right. to come up to me and swoosh your hand across the check mark. And you did it. I, yeah. And from that moment on, I was like, that's the one. That's right. A marriage that's born of sexual assault. My guy right there. <laughs> now, I just want to say these are different times. <laughs> we were in Midland. We were all very bored. Was, yeah, Midland, Texas. <laughs> I didn't know a guy that wasn't swooshing chicks, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but so that was my first like my first experience of you was sixth grade and you were always in trouble you were literally being yelled at constantly you forgot your books you forgot this you were the class clown the teacher could not get you to shut the hell up and now as an adult oh man i feel for them yeah i do too (laughs) i've done a lot of self-analysis since then and looked back and just thought like how was i not strangled to death by somebody along the way yeah and even now like Mm. like i'll just listen to episode one what was it a couple months because i have self-control yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you for sure deserve to strangle it. But even like the fact that I just made it through any form of authority without someone just binking me off. You, yeah. You got a mouth. <sighs> Shit, man. I'm trying to use it for the betterment of people, for though, for, to change the world. Mm-hmm. One self-masturbatory <laughs> One podcast act at a time. time. Anyway. Am I going to look back on this in like 10 years and just be like, <laughs> I was just a different form of terrible? No. No, you are a very good man now. You have to say that because you're married to me. What does it say about you if you're married to a total piece of shit? I don't have to say that. No, you don't, but you should. (laughs) Is that a threat? No, I would just... Oh. I don't threaten. I promise. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, you were an asshole. You were a little kid who... Yeah, I mean, you were that kid, you know? You were that rough and tumble... It's the charismatic. Kid, the kid you see running around the playground and he's gritting his teeth. Yeah. That kid. You're like, there's too much energy you know, in that. Like, now we go to the park with the kids and we see it and we're like, like, avoid that this kid. This kid's a fucking problem. Yeah. yeah. It was it, you. That was me. <laughs> you can go not identify it. You, you were a really good kid, though. You balanced out. I was, and still am, riddled with anxiety and fear. Yeah. You make me be a better person because, like, I'll, I'll like, wind up to do something. Yeah. And I'll look over and your hands are sweating. I'm like, oh, this is, don't do this Hang thing. On. That's yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're like. You where I'm to... apprehensive, you, and yeah, and vice versa. Like where I'm like, mm, I don't know. You're like, no, nah, come on, let's just go. Head first. Yeah. Just leap. Yep. Yeah. That's good. We need that balance. Yeah. I need somebody to like put the You take me up. down water slides and I make you get full coverage insurance in your yeah. cars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That, <laughs> and that has worked out. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what's funny though is like what I offer you, it doesn't give you much. <laughs> it's just sort of like. <laughs> I, I got get a little, life experiences. I got adrenaline rush. And then for me, it's like... I, memories. I was not financially crippled by the loss of my vehicle. That means a lot to you. Yeah, that's true. These days, that means a lot. Um, I, my, I had a classic truck that I had built when C-10 I was... C10 Chevy pickup. Yeah. A 76 Stepside. C10 Stepside with wood paneling in the bed. Gentlemen... That's the photo we can use because I took some <laughs> great photos of that It, it was great, yeah. That was a beautiful truck. And I had the interior done. It was a leather bench seat with the Chevy bow tie stitched into it. It was gorgeous. Well, now, hold on. The guy you bought it from, it was his dad's. They worked on it together, rebuilt it together. Yeah, I just did all the mechanical stuff. But it this had a story. Like, this yeah. was a this Oh, was a yeah. Him, him selling it to me, was, you could tell it was a kind of a tough moment for yeah. that guy. Because I drove it 
um, off of his he got teary-eyed. driveway. Yeah, I drove it off his driveway and I missed a gear. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in my defense, how old were you? Uh, no, 19. it wasn't that. Do you not remember that I took it home and I went underneath to find that the shift fork had the actual uh, straight bar had bit through the shift fork, so you couldn't actually get a full shift. I'm gonna be honest. A lot of the cars you worked on how run together. You, how do you not remember that? <laughs> the shift fork incident of 06? I remember pushing a truck down down Jewel Street in Saxe to the AutoZone. Ironically unrelated. Not the same truck. Yeah. Not even the same situation. <laughs> um, yeah, you were doing a lot of stuff, but yeah. yeah. But I, so I, he didn't know that that shift fork had, had punched through. And so when I missed a shift, he was just like, I sold it to an idiot. I mean, which he did. Right. But I can mm-hmm. shift a fucking four, it's four gears. But what happened to it was not your fault. So what happened to it was not my fault. Um, I, but before we say this, I put that truck on full coverage insurance because it was a collector. I didn't even know you did. Yeah, I know. It was you like a nice surprise. We argued about it because you were like, I'm not paying full coverage. Like, that's ridiculous. We're 19. I barely have the money for. Not much has changed. Yeah, nope. I know because, yeah. yeah, we had another argument again about the about my SUV. I don't like. And I just said, you know what? No. I don't like living a risk-free life. I don't typically trump you. Like, and uh, we don't have one of those well, marriages. Well, we are not mentioning him on <laughs> We don't have one of those marriages where I'm like, no, I'm going to make this decision. But that's the only time in my life no, no, I make you... that decision and you live with it. Because yeah. in this instance, I did that two weeks prior to this event. Look, when you know what's best for someone, you know what's best for someone. You yeah. Know? There are a lot of situations where... You're so like, I put it on full coverage and your mom's house burnt down. And yeah. your truck was in that carport. So my mom's house burning down in and of itself is quite a story. Massive, yeah. Yeah, so my mother, who I have mentioned, uh, is, she was married to, I can't even say his name because of the potential. No, this, of this might thing. be a story for a different time. This might be attempted murder. I'm saying it. I'm oh. doing it. We're, I've started this. We got to get through it. I'll, I'll say it quickly, though, which will frustrate everyone. But basically, my mom got divorced and the guy tried to kill her. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> and uh, he threw a, they, what did they say? Maybe a, water bottle of gasoline at the back I, of the house i've never really heard exactly what it was uh mom i know it. there was just all i know of it is that there was he was a he was a retired he was retired he was a volunteer, oh, he was a volunteer firefighter. firefighter and his so he had a lot of knowledge on starting fires yeah which apparently there's a huge overlap i didn't know that that like a lot of arsonists become volunteer firefighters I guess it, makes it totally sense. makes yeah. sense yeah um but anyways basic basically the story is he thought tyler's truck was somebody else's because it had been there often, yeah, and now it was there overnight. And he he threw a gasoline filled water bottle at the back of the house where my mom's bedroom was, and she happened to be sleeping on the couch. She and the lady in the duplex next to her both were sleeping. Yeah, on the just couch. crazy. Like yeah. never do it, but did it that night. So that the house burned to the ground. That I mean, actually, just gone. your truck and melted. My truck, yeah, it was such a hot fire that like the alloy rims of my truck melted. Into and it, initially, they thought it might have been your truck that started the fire. Yeah. Until... Which fed into my fear that cars just spontaneously combust. <laughs> yeah, you've always had. <laughs> I know they're run on explosions, but you've always in had the this... movies they just light on fire. They do, and and also and then and then I had people in reality being like, "Well, it probably just lit on fire." Yeah, they don't know. What so I was about. like, "Oh, well, that happens then." It does, but you know, you have to do something monumentally stupid. But which... yours was like disconnected, right? Because yeah, there was no way for it to like have the, done it. There the was plug no was battery. out of the wall. <laughs> the plug was out of the wall. The battery was out. I had taken the the head off. I was working on the head gaskets. There was nothing there to combust. Yeah. And they did. She had the uh, it was fire cold. Come out. Yeah, it was cold, and she also had heating pads outside for the cats. And so they were like, "Well, maybe it was that." I believe that may be what they decided to go with. The fire marshal took her aside and said, we believe 
that this may be arson. Foul play, yeah. And asked her, do you know anyone who would do this to you? And she obviously knew right away. But he said, if we investigate this as arson, you are not going to get paid out on your insurance. What do you want me to do? And my mom was broke and yeah. said, I need the money. Just don't investigate. Yeah. The end. Um, which is probably good, too, because I probably wouldn't have gotten paid There's in There's an truck. insurance adjuster somewhere who's like, I fucking remember that story. Oh, yeah. We're opening that case back up. It's like, I fucking knew it. Um. Yeah, if he's listening to this podcast, you know, 15 years later and wants to open that case, just... The morals of that story, though, is I put that truck on full coverage insurance yeah. two weeks before that happened. And you told me the day after it burned down, I was in a You were in bad shambles. State. Yeah. Understandably. The one time I felt something. <laughs> Over a truck. For my truck. Not your mom's house, but the truck. And, well, I would You were very upset for your mom. But how do you get more upset than the person who lost the house? My mom didn't even like react. She was very. She just. Your mom has always it. had a way of just like. She just takes it in stride. <laughs> yeah. You know? she, I think she was like, there's a lot of houses, aren't there? And I'm like, well, it's hard to argue that. Yeah. I want to handle things like your mom when I grow up. Yeah, no shit, dude. I'm, I was trying, but I think I was doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Because she's actually very emotive. Yeah. No, she is. Uh, she's but it, very honest. Yeah. So, anyway, though, that's. that's, that's how the truck burned down but thankfully the next day you were like oh by the way i have full coverage i that was my hero origin story that was that was i have never been more proud (laughs) in that moment to look at you and go guess what oh because (laughs) that same fucking night that we found out about that we woke up the next morning to my car being towed away and repoed oh yeah you didn't tell me you weren't paying for it no i did remember did we yeah it was this was all right after christmas and i remember i had gotten the thing that said, hey, you owe this. Yeah. And we both were like, okay, we'll deal with it when we get back from Houston. Right. And we got back from Houston. And I guess I had gotten something in between then that was like, hey, no. We were 19, 20. Yeah, true. I don't I don't recall completely what. Yeah, but I'd gotten far enough behind we that I was broke. embarrassed. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we were broke. It just is what it is. I think at that point it was like 500 or I don't $800, know. but it was enough that I was like, oh, God, if I say something about this, like that's. It was a lot then. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, you were still operating under the. I was also pregnant. I just found Shit. out that I was pregnant. So being young and broke sucks. Yeah, we were... but I put that on full coverage insurance, and we got two cars out of that. So, oh, we did. Yeah, your yeah. Audi TT. This is where all the car, yeah, stuff started. What, what car stuff? My, you like my enthusiasm yeah. for German engineering? Yeah, yeah, I did. Is yeah, it, that Audi. Because I I bought an Audi TT, which is like uh, it's a strange little car, but it handled like a go kart, and that one actually looked pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah, it had like you know body kit on it, and it worked. Racing train. A little immature now, but I loved yeah. it. Um, Yet you still looked at one the other day. The TTS. That's the adult version. Mm-hmm. That's Daddy TT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The tits. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The... the Lexus Toot. Oh, man. It's, yeah, there's a Lexus 200T. 200T, and, it, and Holly calls it the Lexus Toot, it and I laugh like every toot. time because I'm a child. <laughs> uh, what, you know, this fucking, every time I do a podcast, you get you you get into a conversation about something and you literally didn't leave breadcrumbs in the forest. I have no fucking clue how we got here. I feel like something important. Marriage. We're talking about you and I. We're talking about. Oh, just how we met. Yeah. Oh, that's how we met. So. Right. Boy, we just skipped a lot. So we met in sixth grade. Uh, I walked up to her and I said, how do you like my look? No, it was the swoosh thing. <laughs> it was the swoosh. Yeah. I sexually assaulted so, but, her. Okay. So that you were a never prepared, always yeah. scatterbrained yeah, yeah. and class clown. And you and like, now fast forward. I we... can fix him. Mm-hmm. And you did, I though. I did. So, okay, this is, ladies, <laughs> the best advice I can give. Don't do that. Is... That's so damaging. I know where you're going. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can't always fix you him. You can fix him, ladies. No, no, you can't. 
there's there were so there were some times where i thought yeah i'm not gonna be able to fix this one yeah no for sure uh, he's gotta want to fix himself yeah and i i finally bothered to try around okay so yeah 20s. so we're getting there so actually that happened after this but okay so we met in sixth grade and then my dad moved me which was true yeah you did tell that part of the story uh both of our dads worked in oil and gas uh, my dad worked for slumberjay at the time and then i think he had made the transition into sti uh out here in katie right um so we moved to houston and that was eighth grade we dated in sixth to you know i loosely dated like yeah whatever that is in sixth grade um went to seventh grade and then eighth grade we dated right but i left the second week of eighth grade i think yeah it was short so yeah. i spent the whole entire day that my family was packing up the house over at your house Yes. Because we were leaving that night. And that. Yeah. my mom let me do that. I went to church with you. Yep. Uh, watched you skateboard. To hear the good word. The, yes. And watched you skateboard. And we, I was wearing that red tank top. Oh, which like came up to here. That's probably why you still like those. I do. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good look. Light blue. On an adult woman. Bell-bottom jeans. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, this political climate. I'm... Red flip-flops and Old Navy flip-flops. How do you remember this all this? podcast brought to you by Old Navy. Yeah, it's not. They can't fucking. <laughs> they can't afford this. <laughs> no, I draw the line. Um. Anyways, uh, how do you, I remember this? How do you remember that shit? It's fucking. It's imprinted in my brain. I remember I watching love you. Like, I, well, I love you too, but I don't remember what the fuck I was wearing. I still remember like laying in bed in like an early morning when we were like twenty and just looking at every freckle on your face. It sounds creepy, but no, it's it's endearing. The way that your eyelids twitched when you were sleeping. Um, <laughs> well, that got weird. Yeah, turns out <laughs> Tyler sleeping is kind of a problem. And now I'm the person who's always taking the candid photos and videos, and you take none. Um, I think that's a guy thing, though. Yeah, I think it is. Because it doesn't even occur to me. Because Duke's wife feels the same way. Yeah, yeah. Duke doesn't take any. It's I, I don't want. I mean, if girls are listening to this, like coming from an actual, um, if girls are listening to this, one hundred percent male demographic. <laughs> <laughs> no. so uh yeah that's dude's not taking photos of you it's not personal we're just we don't think like that at all it, it literally never occurs to me to document something yeah but so yeah so that's the outfit i was wearing we were watching south park and it was like 10 o'clock at night i remember sitting on the couch watching south park with you that night yeah and, and i do remember having that feeling of like the clock is ticking yeah but you were also very standoffish like internally but the, remember, the way that you say this is not externally the way that it was. No, the way I handled yes, impending emotion. emotional trauma yeah. was to you detached shut, immediately. Yeah, to shut down and attack. Yeah, that that yeah. I would usually. Okay, so yeah, let's get into that. So okay, so I spent that whole night over there, whole day, whole night. I was so excited, and then the knock came on the door, and my mom came to get me, and I had to leave. And I remember the whole time sitting on the couch with you and like trying to inch closer and like wanting to hold your hand and like when am i gonna get to kiss him before i leave and like you were just very it seemed like you were very yeah. not into it i i know that that was probably very difficult to deal with and then oh i'm not trying to make you feel guilty i'm just giving my perspective well you did well you know that's your behavior you get to own that i'm gonna lash personal out responsibility um so i move and i had to we stayed with my grandma and conroe for a little while until our apartment was ready and then yeah. we got there and it took us a while to get a phone line and we got a phone line and the first thing i did was call you I think in between here is where rumors started. 
maybe i wasn't there so i don't know yeah because when you moved it was like all of a sudden all these dudes wanted to talk about all the things they did because you weren't there to defend yourself weird but me being a child i was like holy shit i didn't know all that you right do any of that with me mm-hmm. you know jealous and then what's funny is i did the most with you <laughs> i don't mean to get <laughs> <laughs> even then though like even then you, yeah yeah i tyler was my first kiss at the saint anne's fair uh you were mine though same, yeah. same time same 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 <laughs> Um, I, d- I remember that actually when we left the fair. I, I would hope that I was your first kiss at the same time that you were mine. <laughs> well, sometimes it doesn't work that way, does it? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I moved to Midland, finally get a phone line. I'm so excited to call you. Um, and I call <laughs> and Chris, Brind- Chris answers. Brindle picks up the phone. Right. Yeah. And this is where my love for Brindle just, you know, through the roof. Um, he uh, picks I, up the phone and he go. I hear a bunch of giggling and I hear a bunch of like stuff, you know? What are we, like shuffling papers? Yeah, I don't know. But like phone in the pocket sort of stuff or like phone in between hands, you know? Like, yeah. Can you, can you talk to her? Like, what? Yeah. And I kind of heard you in the distance and then I heard Brindle pick up the phone and laugh and go, huh, Tyler told me to tell you fuck off. And then the phone hung up. And that was the last time I talked to you until high school. Um, That's fucking brutal. Yeah. So now this context I'm adding doesn't actually justify me being just a total fucking prick of a kid yeah but in in that time frame like i said when you left rumors started to circulate from like um sheehan and some of those dudes oh wow of the stuff that they were claiming you did while we were dating and like you know how i remember finding out about this later and i remember somebody saying that like i gave somebody a bj and i remember i remember like literally looking at my friend and being like what is that dude same here so like somebody said they were like yeah she gave me a bj and i was like okay she never gave me shit is that a candy yeah and then i remember like going home with chris and being like dude she's out there bjing and shit and he's like no fucking for real and nobody knows what they're talking about it took 20 minutes for one of us (laughs) to be all mad yeah because we're like going back and forth like hyping each other up and like bumping chest i'm like i'm fucking i'm gonna kill him and then i was deathly afraid of dicks but then there was a moment where i was just like yeah and what is a bj and Chris is like, ah, really um, thought you knew, dude. And then, but we had to. Main- oh, but nobody wanted to be like, I don't Whoa. know. I got to maintain that level yeah. of angry. And so when you called, I was hoping maybe like through getting, I'd explain you, it. I'd get some context, you know. Where, yeah. I'd explain the things I have no idea about. Yeah, where yeah. you'd just be like, but there wasn't any baby powder, and I'm just like, all right, that's better. But like, I don't. <laughs> we don't fucking know what it is. But I'm just mad that something happened I wasn't a part of while we were dating. Because in middle school, everything's an infraction. Right. Everything. I mean, Jesus Christ. The but meanwhile, there were other girls talking to you. So like. Um, when we were dating, there weren't in eighth grade. No way. Well, I wasn't. I don't know. I was such emotionally unattached that like maybe they were. And I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. Oh, yeah. That, that's been a problem yeah. until like recently. It was, Well, I mean, later, like as I got older, I obviously was aware when I was talking to girls that I was talking to girls. Right. But like at that age, I genuinely didn't know. It was. You're pretty much just dealing with like a an ant hive mind kind of person. Yeah. So that was the last time I talked to you. Um, and then I immediately went into my room and destroyed all of the really long love letters that I had written you about how we were going to grow old in rocking chairs together. Listening to like really sad Paramore music, I'm sure. That's fucking depressing. It was rough, dude. You broke my heart. And then fast forward quite a few years. A long. Through yeah, MySpace like and all of that. a long time later. Um. Like long enough that you found me on Chris's MySpace. I was on his top eight. <laughs> yeah, he signed in. He was hanging out with me during the summer. This is after I graduated high school and I was working on a car. At yeah, my it was mom's. right after graduation. Yeah. And he 2016 logged into his MySpace and there were you were on the top. And I was like, 
whoa, wait a minute. I like had not talked to you in years and no. years. So uh, literally, I think, it's I, great. I think I added you and then you added me and you sent me a message. Yeah. And you were like, hey, and I thought I was you like, fucking hated me. Yeah. I freaked out. I told my best friend, Jamie, like I ran over to her house. Yeah. And I like logged on to her computer God, <laughs> her dinosaur computer so old yeah logged on to her computer i was like look at this message and because she knew about you i had talked about really? you oh oh my god yeah duh. i told you you left like a big impression um so i knew in like sixth grade that this was going to be forever i just knew yeah but you were right so yeah i know so oh, time will tell <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah it's still i mean how old are we in our 30s yeah we could fuck this up there's oh, still time yeah there's still time yeah um how so, do you want to fuck it up? That's you're gonna like, fuck it up. Is it me? <laughs> is it me, Jesus? Is it gonna be one of those girls? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it's gonna probably be one of those girls. Anyway, when they you're done. when they start finding them, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about two different things. Okay, uh, so you weren't talking about murder. Nope. So uh, I feel like you're always talking about sex. No, is that I'm what you're referencing? Social media. I thought you were just referencing me having sex with other women. I mean, it goes there eventually yeah. yeah yeah we're okay so it's not murdering people no <laughs> i hope not are you telling me you i'm would not sure which is worse with me <laughs> can we be real you would visit me behind a plexiglass i would yeah it's yeah it's sick it's that bad okay so anyways uh we, um, it's a consensus i'm really not doing anything good for me as far as like trying to convince women that like it's oh, not worth it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm literally, this is like a Charles Manson thing now. Yeah. Fix, <laughs> fix, fix, fix your guy. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, hey, by the way, welcome to my podcast where I completely derail lucid thoughts. All the time. <laughs> well, this is just a normal conversation with you. I'm it, always like, oh, I had a good point, but no, that's gone forever. You're like, oh, we're talking about Pompeii. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually cars. Um, yeah. Like, were there any cars like at Pompeii? The quad exhaust over the. No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. I won't, I won't. Go ahead, go ahead. That's on you. I I know. Um, This is a good test of how well you listen to me, though. Good job. (laughs) I'm sweating. It's going to be really hard. It's going to come back, I know. Not right now, though. Okay. So I'm going to go down this road. I was on Chris's top eight. I can't remember where I was. We'll have to probably like three or something. Because it was always the girl he was really interested in, and like, or I don't know, it was probably like Stevo or some shit, and then like the girl he was really interested in. Yeah, this is prior to Chris. I moved around quite a bit. Sometimes I was hanging in by a thread on like the eighth spot. Well, I don't know if anyone remembers, but the top eight was used to like kind of strong arm people into behaving the way you want right. them to. You move them to number three without telling them, so that they have to be like, "What the fuck did I do?" Yeah, and then they come to you on you know like bent at the waist, bent knee, yeah, and then you bent at the waist. Yeah, well, I guess we <laughs> handle things differently. i meant to say bent at the knee in my defense are you okay (laughs) yeah i'm good okay so what were we talking about (laughs) top eight top eight yeah anyways you could you could like it was uh, a social hierarchy you could definitely like blackmail your friends to get yeah so you found me there and sent me a message and i freaked out and i ran to my best friend's house and i was like oh my god look you he reached out and I was like, I don't know what to say back. And she helped me construct whatever message I sent to you. I don't remember what you said to me either. I, I think just I remember surprised. being very honest and being like, this is a moment where like, for one, I was scorned. You did. I just remember you saying like, hey. But I was nice. I thought you hated me. And I was I like, literally, I felt 
like that was the one moment to be as honest as I possibly could. I was like, I, yeah. the last time I talked to you, I literally thought you hated me. Like yeah. all these years, I thought you hated me. So the fact that you're reaching out to me is baffling to me. And you were like, you thought I hated you? Just further demonstrates the complete disconnect I had from my own behavior. I was very confused in that moment. Yeah, I don't doubt. I was it. like, wow, I really thought like you sternly fucking hated me. Well, I'm like in the mind state I'm in now. If somebody told me fuck off, I and later was like, oh, I don't know why you were mad at me. I would be furious. So I'm, you know, like I sympathize with people that had to deal with me on any level. Yeah. And that's well, like, and then I was the type of kid who, like I told you, was always super anxious and super afraid of disappointing people. So for somebody to be like, oh this person fucking hates your guts and i was like why yeah that yeah that was so the truth of hold on just to like you know it's it's not a defense or anything but to lay out what actually occurred on the interior of me at that age it was that you were leaving and oh right you didn't know how to handle that yeah yeah, so i lash out and attack yeah that that was like you well knowing you now you don't like being out of control of anything no i don't and but i coming from a lifestyle I was used to living as a child, my goal was to make sure I'm not vulnerable and I won't be hurt by people. Right. And so you hurt them first. We'll put a pin in that. Oh, so, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but and knowing you now, knowing that A, you don't like to be out of control of things. Yeah. Damn it. There's that point I was going to make that was really good. Um, You don't like to be it out probably of... probably was, yeah. It was profound. It's going to change the thread of time. I just... Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't like to be out of control of things and also knowing how you are emotionally with things a lot of that makes sense now like i don't yeah you know like i understand a lot more of it now mm-hmm. but to to take the pin back out of i didn't even understand it then yeah yeah but to take the pin back out of what you just said how many pins are there in this conversation only one so oh, far i'm having a hard time <laughs> follow along yeah okay um so yeah you have a defense mechanism that i think is still kind of there of trying to hurt before you get hurt Fuck you. That's not true. <laughs> and when we were 20. Yes. When we were 20. <laughs> I was just softies news when you were uncut jobs. Oh. You know, things like that. I don't Nobody. I don't like her either. Yeah. So oh, I hate that that happened. The inflection infection. So. Yeah. We're not going to give people context, are we? Nope. Moving on. A lot of inside jokes. That's yeah. Happens. It's their problem. So. Yeah. When, when we were in our 20s, we were at a point where we had been together now for five years yeah yeah that's right. five years um because we got together when we were i was turning had, 18 had we broken up at that point or is that later this is where i'm going oh. yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> man you sound fucking awful because this is all right but so, the thing is i it, like people like me a lot because i make pretty pictures and i just want them to know that behind those depth. pretty pictures there is a there's piece a, of shit <laughs> there's a there's a deep pile of shit yeah so <laughs> You, uh, we were living together. We had worked together for quite a few years. Pennies, yeah. Two years at that point, two or three years. <gasps> you forget to mention the part where your father sent me to the furthest faces of the earth to be away from you. Yes, he did do that. Yeah, I went, so I went to work. I'll make it really quick. Yeah. I went to work at STI. This was right when, 2016. When right you when found me together. on MySpace, you immediately came to me. You finished yeah. building your, the engine of your car, dropped it, ran here. I came out Four there, o'clock in the morning. I didn't have a job. I came out to see you and I shook your dad's hand and I was like, nice to meet you. And he was like, Mr. I got a job it. for you. And he was like, this kid needs to fucking go. <laughs> and so he hired me at STI and then sent he, you to New York. Yeah. And he was like, hey, Bob, I'm going to send you up to uh, Cortland. And I was like, Cortland? 
Fun. Cortland sounds great. And it was like the BJ thing again, where I didn't want to admit I didn't know what the fuck it was. So like Sweet. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. plot lines in Cortland. Love it. Yeah. And so he sent Steel toed boots. Yeah. The fucking... Took you on a shopping spree. Like, yeah, he's, oh, it he's seems like, so I'll cool. get you some boots, I'll get you the equipment you need. Sent me to the Finger Lakes of New York in the dead of the worst winter in ten years. <laughs> it was so fucking bad up there that I tripped over a stop sign because the snow was so high. <laughs> and that's not a joke. I, I ran into wolves. I it, and I and I got put on the job where I'm by myself in the woods. Hey, your father made me... the story of the guys with the Walmart bag. At the oh hotel. yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. the whole thing. But mm-hmm. I also your father made me feral, <laughs> and like all feral animals, <laughs> I eventually wandered back to a place where I found nourishment. Yeah, and uh, and you said I'm taking her with me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's gonna be like that. And so I came in, scooped you up, and we bailed. And we it, bailed. We it, went to it, Dallas. To be fair, it wasn't even like a defensive move or anything. No, it really and, it was just we were starting our lives. And in your father's defense, who is literally the best fucking oh person. My, yeah. Uh, he actually was just trying to give you a job. He really was, yeah. <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> he really was. It, it, was just it un- just happened to be it, it the just, boyfriend of, yeah. And it just happened to be Antarctica that he sent me to. <laughs> right. That's where uh, the work was. <laughs> but but tr- truthful, he he had been in that career his whole life. And yeah. it worked for him. And he no, thought he fully expected that you'd, you know, like he didn't know who you were so he didn't know that that wasn't gonna be you forever but i'm sure he expected to be like oh yeah this is a thing like he'll yeah. b- he'll work through the ranks we'll you know which is what i was gonna do yeah and then eventually i realized i, I just I, can't do that i'm a sensitive artist Creative. yep and i gotta i have to create <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so we moved to dallas and we do that for like five years and we get to a point so i had endometriosis when i was 15 which uh was in i don't know if they i was thinking people are now understanding how big of a problem that is that's yeah i was just thinking about this last night i don't know if they still stage it the way that they did like when i was diagnosed with that i was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis which was like the worst stage you could have before anything went cancerous yeah i wouldn't know like i don't know if they still do that anymore because now they know so much more about it like they thought it was just your ovaries and your uterus and stuff like that but when i had it it was all up in the cavities of my intestines and my stomach and it was attached to things that should not be the term is all up in them guts all up in them guts yeah so um i had a phenomenal doctor dr holt he's byron holt he has passed away this podcast brought to you by dr holt oh he's dead no he's yeah he's passed his son still works well that joke was in poor taste yeah his son his son does stuff you can't i don't you don't get to talk to about him like that i saved my life i've (laughs) backed it up Take his name out of your mouth. Take my do- <laughs> take my gynecologist's name out, out your, your fucking, fucking mouth. mouth. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so so you had the ick. I had the ick, um, all up in the guts, and he did a laparoscopy because that's the only way that you can diagnose, like visually, that you have it. Right, that's how uh, I would do it. Yeah, well, you have to with uh, endo because it can be everywhere, and it in fact was everywhere. So he did it ended up being like a seven out seven to eight hour surgery god damn because it ended up being so much further gone than they thought it was and um so he froze all of this has a point i promise um he froze i'm totally fine with it not it's <laughs> the way i do things he used a laser or something like that i can't remember exactly what he does i was 15 but he froze what was on my intestines because uh Oh, no. Okay, that's what he did. He he used the laser where he could with my uterus and all of that. But because things were attached to my intestines, I was going to have to be put on Lupron, which is a shot that makes you go through menopause. And it's a three-month shot that you get twice. So you get one every three months. It's a six-month period. So after I healed from, healed from surgery, I went in and got my first Lupron shot to freeze, essentially, 
and kill off whatever was left over because you can't use a laser on those delicate organs. Um, so I did that, and going through menopause at 15 is not a fun ride. I don't think anyone's enjoying that at any age. No, and I remember asking, like, do I have to do this again? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, dope. <laughs> uh, I asked my mom to commit me at one point. Oh, shit. It was bad. Yeah, so um, that was fun. But he did that because he told me I was too young, and he he was... Oh, what, what do you want to call it? like leading the way and figuring out how to treat endometriosis yeah. and learn about the disease um so it was only me and one other 15 year old girl in the entire united states who had been put on lupron to Shit. treat it to wow. figure out like if this is and he was like and we have we've had really good su- success with this so uh, it's the most like non-invasive way that we can do it and being at your age you know like we can't give you a full hysterectomy or anything like that yeah. so he wanted me to be able to have kids because that was the goal obviously i always knew i wanted to be a mom so, um, I went through that. It all was, it was healed. I'm all good. Um, but kind of kept an eye on things for a few years. And when you and I were together, I was on birth control and yeah. I got off of birth control at, I think like 20 because man, you yeah, know, it was driving you crazy. Oh, it was driving me crazy. It was not doing anything good for us. And like my libido was so low. Yeah. I had literally felt like a shell, like a shell of a person. So I got off of that and went to, I, I was going to my other gynecologist because at this point Dr. Byron was gone. Um, but I remember we had been around a couple of babies and we were at a, a point where we were like, okay, hey, we've been together for like five years. I think we're kind of starting to like. What is, oh, <laughs> move on. I'll, I'll turn it off. Uh, we're getting to the point where we want to have kids. And so I was like, well, let me go and check and make sure everything's okay. And you were like, yeah. And so I left and went to Houston and made an appointment and she checked on me and I was so excited. I remember texting you and being like, hey, she said, we're green light, like all is good. Yeah. And I came back to you literally ghosting me while we lived together. And I was so confused. I was like, what is happening? Is this, this is when I was this having that it. mental breakdown. And, yeah. yeah. So okay. I didn't know what was going on. And I probably knew less what was going <laughs> yeah. on. Um, at this time, you were painting sets for JCPenney's and you were painting the Eiffel Tower set. And, oh, okay. Yeah. This is a bad point in my, and my mental state. So we did about three days of me writing in my diary, calling my mom crying and being like, he's not going to bed at the same time I go to bed. Like we never don't go to bed together. I wasn't sleeping much at all. Yeah. But so we never yeah. don't like that's our thing. We don't yes. go to bed not together. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, sitting outside on the front porch of that house staring at the sky for like hours hours yeah i didn't know what to do for you and yeah. you wouldn't talk to me i and didn't know what it was i didn't yeah know. so I, you um, know what it was an emotion like i felt emotions and i was fighting to stop right, you did feeling. not know yeah very foreign to you yeah. so your body and your mind were speaking a foreign my, language my defense walls were falling down and i didn't know what to do yeah but i didn't know what the catalyst was you know i was like was it me like i don't know what happened um, to put him in this space because i left to go see if it was okay if we could start having kids and i came back and you were like gone it was if i can recall it was the stress of entering into adulthood i think it was you figuring out like well i transitioned into painting sets and it was the first time i'd ever been creative for a living right and i didn't realize the stresses that come with something that insecure so oh yeah having your work judged yeah being uh, being, it was a lot though it was that well i'm saying that was the uh, yeah uh what do you call it grenade pin that got pulled and then everything i pushed back for 20 years just yeah and then i lost my fucking shit well and too we're talking about you know having kids and starting a new yeah chapter of life and it was a lot yeah so um yeah so you were overwhelmed but you didn't know how to communicate it Mm -hmm. and 
I remember we did about three days of not really talking. Mm -hmm. And then we got to the point where I remember they catered Rudy's and you weren't at work one day. And we hadn't talked for three days, but we were living in the same house. Okay. And I brought home Rudy's for you and I put it in the fridge. And this was the next morning. I had like, like put a note. I think it was the only thing in our fridge, but I put a note on it hoping that like it would get you to come to me or talk to me or something. And then it usually uh, meat works. It didn't that time. And because like you were eating. I genuinely don't. Yeah, I don't recall any. So of um, I had talked to your mom because we lived right down the street from your mom yeah. and your mom told me to leave. Your mom was like, get out. Don't let anybody betray you like that. Like, don't be hanging around for him. You got to go. Yeah. And was that good advice? I guess maybe it was better than your sister's. Your sister told me to take all your shit. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, take the TV. Take not the much has changed with, with her advice on stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, I don't, don't want to be don't, angry you at don't him. Fuck he's with not, my sister. <laughs> I was like, he hasn't cheated on me or anything. He's just, yeah. I don't know what's happening. I was in a few, but nobody state. appreciated that you weren't Mentally. talking to me. I think and, also I had been mentally stable to all of them. Yes. So, I, I was very good at yeah. bullshitting. It was very confusing to everybody. So so I remember coming home and telling you, like talking to a wall, but t I sat down on the couch with you and I said, hey, I don't know what's happening here, but I can't do this anymore. I can't do not right. talking to each other anymore. So I need you to tell me what to do. And I was like, I'm very confused and nervous because your mom tells me to leave. And I don't think I like I don't want to leave you. And you just didn't say anything. So I went to bed. And I woke up the next morning and I was getting ready for work. And I remember you came in and you stood behind me in the mirror and this like shell of a person just looked through the reflection of the mirror into my eyes and said, my mom's right. You should probably go. Yeah. And that was that. And I was like, oh, and I, then I lived the worst day of my life at work. So you moved into an apartment for a while. I, don't I went and stayed with Erica for a while. Okay. Erica Hinky. Right. For like three or four days. So. And then we got my stuff out. Uh, I went and lived with your mom for a couple weeks down the road. Fuck, this and is like all of this to me. I was in a fugue state. I was. This is all like. You had taken me to Dallas where I knew nobody but your family and the people that I worked with. Yeah. So I didn't have my family around. I didn't have my support group around. I was did, relying did on you. Did you go to Houston at any point? On your people? No. No. I, no. Because I, I, I think I was scared to go to Houston because I felt like they would have kept me there. What's the timeline on all this? Like how long did all this go on? Uh, it was about a well that part took about a month for me to get in my own place right because it i got in i got my first apartment on my birthday i remember waking up so to speak and you were it living in an apartment mm -hmm. and i just i do at that, that point took just, about a month and i moved all my stuff out yeah but you i were just tattooing remember, out of the house at that time because you were tattooing chris oh, while had, i was moving i had that uh little studio we set up in yeah but i remember like booting back online and then just thinking, i was like, in my apartment at that time because you called me the night that i moved in yeah like then well so i moved in my parents moved me in they went back and the first night i spent by myself you called me at 11 o'clock and you were like how are you and i was literally looking at a pile of all of our photos from frames yeah like disney world and stuff like that and i was like i'm not good dude like i'm having to decorate my own apartment in a city where i don't know anybody because you don't want to be with me <laughs> but i don't know but like you're still talking to me yeah so I don't know what to do. And I still want to be with you. And you were kind of like. So th this uh, is where I remember. You told me I don't know who I am. And I don't want to be anything to anyone. I don't want to be a brother, a son, a boyfriend. I just want to figure out who I am. Yeah. And I was like, okay, go off. Uh, turns I'll out, be right here. It turns out that was a much longer undertaking than I yes. knew. But I do remember kind of waking up and you were not there anymore. And then kind of thinking like, I don't like this at all. But still there. I never. Well, yeah, but I mean, like that month that you're describing, 
I don't recall. Yeah, I know you were not there. Yeah. So but my, like, I didn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? You moved like, out and that was enough. I moved out, but I told you like, I'm going to wait right here because I had guys who wanted to reach out to me. And I remember you telling me, hey, it's not fair of me to keep you back. Yeah. And I was like, do I don't thing. want that. Um, I, I just like my thought, I think at the time was like, I was trying not to be a piece of shit anymore. So I recall thinking that what I'm doing is not good. It's shitty. And so the last thing I want to do is like put stipulations on how you behaved right because then i would just feel like i'm still being well yeah it's definitely not fair but i also but i was so head over heels for you that i was like you can't keep me from yeah i just i remember and i knew you were going through something i just didn't know what it was or how to be there for you what's weird is that what that was a bad state of mind but that wasn't even the most depressed i would get yet nope when we moved into that apartment on lincoln that was before the house Lincoln was prior mm-hmm. oh okay so i was in a bad we went state from your mom's then. house that might have been when it started then we went from your mom's house to lincoln Damn, this whole there's like two years in there that it's just a jumble to me. Yeah. Um, but anywho, that I would say that. But like, then you you so we only spent about two months apart. Right. I remember you didn't have a car, so you took your mom's car to take me out to lunch for my or out to dinner for my birthday. That's an ick. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, whatever. That's, that's, I, didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was with you. Um, and I had to learn. It, it, everything happens for a reason, though, because I was very codependent. I came from. I found you infinitely more attractive. When I got on my own. When you got on your own and didn't need me at all? Yeah. At that? Well, and I didn't know what that was like, what that felt like or what that looked like for me because I went from like my brother and I were... Yeah, you were codependent with your my, family. Yeah, my brother and I were thick as thieves and I did everything with him. If I ran to the gas station, he came with me. If I went to go get lunch, he came with me. Like right. we were always together. And so when you and I moved in together and I would have to go get cigarettes or something, I'd be like, hey, come with me. And you'd be like, it's downstairs. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, but I just yeah. want to spend time with you. Like we can listen to a song. And you'd be like, I'm good. And that made me feel like you didn't want to be around me. And you're like, you can be independent. Like, it's fine. Yeah. The irony is when you're that codependent, getting denied at all makes you think they hate you. Yeah. But the truth is it's someone being like, hey, functionally, you cannot literally (laughs) be right here all the time. Yeah. So it was good for me in a sense that like I learned, it got to the point where when you finally did move into my apartment, well, finally, it only took like two months. But when you did move into my apartment with me, I remember thinking like, are you going to be here a lot? Uh, yeah i do recall you i recall you <laughs> like going it's pink and it's cute and i went to ross and i bought a bedspread and there's flowers on my walls and i can eat noisy chips at three o'clock in the morning and nobody cares but like so you want to come live here yeah the, the table's turned quick your xbox is going to be here you right? went from i never like, i never want to be alone alone to like maybe wednesday friday you do a maybe, wednesday friday thing yeah <laughs> uh but but you were always over at my apartment well, we, I mean, at that point, we, I think I would say that to me is the culmination of when we became a family. Yes. We once once I realized that I do not there's no scenario where I don't want you in my life. Yeah. You, no matter how bad we're doing. And you had to like you said, you can't know black without white. You can't know good without bad. Like you have I had to you learn. had to know you without me. Yeah. Because so far, most of our young adult life, I didn't know. No. But we I, went from living with our families to living with each other. Yeah. Um, and th- but then there I would say you were tortured by me for like what another three to four years while i still figured myself out as far as like so we had mason going through my yeah constant yeah four years fasting i mean at one point i didn't eat for a while uh Uh, there was fasting there was uh seeking attention tons of yeah tons of validation validation need uh, a lot of meditating just to like get in my head space to figure out what the fuck's going on yeah you know there was a lot of you coming home and being like i'm not talking to you anymore about like what i'm going through and i was like oh fuck me like what 
oh i don't remember that but there's a lot of like you don't understand what i'm going through and i don't think you respect it so i'm just not going to talk to you and i was like hey just because because you were meditating and i wasn't so i think you you were so used to all to us doing things together that i remember remember there was a long time period when mason was like two to four yeah before abby that you were like you need to meditate like you need to get to know yourself spiritually you need to fast you need to do this i I remember all that 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 was just coming that that was just coming from like that high roadie spiritual shit that everyone goes through but the but the thing very russell brand yeah where it's like people think because i'm on a spiritual journey i'm now better than everyone yeah the irony being that that spiritual journey you're on is going to demonstrate to you how shitty you actually are and then you've been lying to yourself yeah um, so I didn't I needed all that and it sucks that people had to deal with me but the part you're talking about where I would just like snap uh-huh. you have to remember I'm an architect of emotional walls yes. and I was tearing them down and it was in my habit to build them yes. while I'm te- so like what I would do is tear down an eight foot wall and then really quick build a two foot one just because it felt natural well and me. while you were doing that I was learning that you were doing that I was yeah. catching on I was realizing like oh okay this is it's just a the wall. deflection yeah and so now you were like oh did someone feel an emotion oh, today did I get your feet <laughs> sorry about that so now i can recognize when you're doing that and i can kind of snap you out of it and i we can't we communicate a whole lot better now because now i give you that moment to be deflective yeah and defensive and then yeah and then you go away for a minute and you come back and you go "Mm, you know what that was the thing i did the thing i do i just did that and i'm sorry but there was never before there was no sorry there was just oh no deflecting defense because that's part of the deflection is why would i be sorry i'm not doing anything Mm -hmm. wrong it's it's man defensiveness is gross i think to i've learned that some of the worst people i mean this is to anyone listening some of the worst people you know are are actually probably just in a huge defensive mode i have always seen mean people as wounded animals yeah it's it's essentially all it is because i i look back at the time when i was the weakest person i've ever been and i was also yeah i was well oh my god take the idea of like letting somebody have enough of me that they can hurt me was petrifying we should also you're a scorpio and i'm a gemini so true but i think the scorpio is more of indicative of how i handled that yes because most of that stuff just came from a shitty upbringing no that's what i'm saying it's like i'm a gemini so i'm very like lovey very like oh okay i want to like you the dickhead side of me is definitely the scorpio very communicative and you are very vengeful yeah still (laughs) still don't Ooh, just the thought don't of somebody me. crossing don't cut me, me right off <laughs> Shit. What, what's earlier today somebody cut me off and i was like i was like just very peacefully i was like does it ever bother you when you have an opportunity to cut off a terrible driver and you don't do it <laughs> like i'll dwell on that you know it's I, I think i've found how to turn most of that terribleness into comedy yes and i also am trying an my, expression yeah yeah artistic expression i'm trying my best not to hurt anyone at all i mean you, obviously you can't do that but through doing through everything that you went through like you you were paramount to a lot of people like i know in a bad way or a lot, no in a good way oh. a lot, you were you were beneficially oh okay like paramount whatever i'm there's a thing i'm no, that's to say. a correct use of the word i just i was on a negative rant so i figured anyways continue it's okay your insecurity can take a seat it's like a little uh <laughs> little monster <in> yeah there. <laughs> um yeah no you were you were beneficial to so many people well thank you i probably a lot of dudes but mostly females but you did help a lot of people i find that girls are usually the girls most, take to you yeah they're the most willing to open up yeah to, to me well, or yeah anyone. we had that conversation yeah, kind of like the whole uh apprentice thing like dudes won't admit they need help yeah 
it's not going to happen. The guy, the I think when I was going through, I mean, still now people reach out for help in different ways, artistically yeah. and sometimes emotionally. It is still but... a weird world that we live in because it is still hard for men to come to another man and be like, "Dude, I need help, help emotionally." Yeah, and I, I know you've got that figured out. So can you help me? I have a, I mean, you know them, but I have a lot of friends who, at this point, we just don't communicate because they dug themselves into an emotional hole that can't get them out of. Yeah. But like, I'll meet a girl for five fucking minutes and she'll. Dump We're her very whole, emotional creatures. Yeah, she'll dump we her don't. whole life on me. Yeah, when so, you meet. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? It was a verb. Oh. Even I, like if I meet a dude who is available emotionally to talk about things, yeah. I'm going to talk about them because that's well, interesting rare. to me. There are no men out there who are like, yeah, you can get that teeth. That's fine. If a dude hands you the hammer and chisel to get down in there, take the opportunity because that, that could be the last time he ever lets anyone do yeah. that. And, that, and that, like no joke, like with your, uh, well, you know, I don't even want to mention him because it's disrespectful to his mom, but the, the person in your family who didn't open up. Yeah. And, you know, he ended up taking his own life. But yeah, like when a dude does, don't squander that opportunity to talk to him because that shit is rare. Yeah. Which like now, you know, when I, I try to help people out, but like it, I, I hate well, it. And even before that happened, I've always been the type that like, and same with you, like I want to pull that. I'm currently going through that right now with people close to me in my life. Like I, I noticed the disconnect and I noticed them stepping away. Yeah. And I want to dive in head first. Like yeah. all the way down to their toes and be like, I want to pull all of this up with you and I want to sort it out and I want to help you through this because like, don't keep that shit buried inside. Yeah. Well, you've seen the dark void that happens when you don't yeah. communicate at all. I, I just don't want anyone. To I've seen it that. a lot. I've seen yeah. what happened with my cousin and I've seen what happened with you. Yeah. So, I mean, there were points where you literally told me like, I'm thinking about doing that. Oh, I am thinking about ending it. I've been candid about that with people. Yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I wrote a whole book on the subject, but like, yeah, yeah I had suicide ideation for quite a you know long time when I was younger. Honestly, I, the subject doesn't even bother me now because I've tackled stuff so aggressively that like I've learned a lot through your stuff in a weird way. Like yeah. it was weird to experience suicidal ideation with someone like watch someone go through that, that you love so much and yeah. know that like you've given your everything and it literally like can't be your fault. Like you, yeah. And you it was weird to, you can't pinpoint a tangible problem either. Yeah. And I remember begging you like through tears and being like, am I not enough? Like I love you so much. Oh which people that's like a fucking trap don't even remember well and that's that where i started yourself. to realize like it doesn't matter it's not how loved somebody is it doesn't oh, no. matter like whatever you're fighting on the inside is what you're fighting on the inside the loudest voice anyone's ever going to hear is the is one inside own? their head yeah. there's there's no like that's what meditation was for me it was that soundscape to finally just like duke it out with myself yeah and like aggressively change the the tempo at which i thought um but, but I, like i know that medication is there there are a lot of scenarios where medication is almost a prerequisite a must for some people yeah yeah sometimes but i would say for a huge chunk of people an a, an actual um devotion to meditation like one that gets you past that initial like six week boring part where yeah. you think nothing's happening it's oh man it yeah. doesn't work like i am not the same i guy. think i it would be really cool if that was a prerequisite for medication oh that's try this first yeah and if that doesn't work out actually there are some therapists that do require yes they, they call it like introspective therapy yeah but they're tricking you into meditating mm -hmm. yeah I mean, let's try this first let's yeah. get to know ourselves first and then maybe we'll try the medication but i just super recommend it and i, I think that when most of you, you're talking about me helping people most of it is that they're reaching yeah. out about meditative reasons because like depression's and it's way more prevalent yeah. than it's well ever and, been. and just as a tattoo artist like you're a, you're a hairstylist you know like the, you guys go hand in hand yeah. people are gonna talk they're in pain yeah. They're going to talk. Communication is just like part of the process. Yeah. In fact, it's the point now where if somebody doesn't talk when I'm tattooing them, I'm usually like, 
Yeah. I, it, it feels strange. Like I want to bore it's in. Weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, I'm like buzzing outside their head. I'm like, let me. Uh, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Um. Well, and then it's easy for people too because, you know, I would say like 95% of your clientele are return clients, but especially for those people who come once and they're like, oh, I'm never going to see this guy again. So yeah, let's get deep. Yeah, they dump tell it them out. things that I don't tell anybody. They're, I don't know what it is. They just people let it go. I know it's part of the job for sure. Um, it's just you, you don't sit intimately with someone for that long. You would you start to learn quickly that speaking to somebody intimately is like a default. Yeah. And that you all you need is just the capacity to do it. But um, yeah, this this job's weirdly therapeutic for both me and the clients. And you realize how inner inner entangled, entangled, how entangled everything. <laughs> everything's so entangled. Um, but yeah, you do. But I mean, it's in that regard too. Like you meet clients that like, like fall in love with you and then you like, you know, really attach to them. And then like some, sometimes it ends up saving them. Sometimes it ends up making them worse. It's, you know, I have mm-hmm. like friends that, like I said, we, I, I've tried to help and yeah. it's not going to work. So they went in their hole and they're gone. And, uh, it's just weird to watch the effect that just conversations you know you say have. People who fall in love with you, like, do you want to clarify for people or do you want to like, well, <laughs> Uh, my children. <laughs> you meet people who've fallen in love with you. Um, you know yeah. what I mean. I meant fall in love with the idea of you. Yeah. Uh, nobody who actually knows me likes me. Right. But, well, you like me. <laughs> but you have to like me. I'm more than like you. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm I'm being facetious. You know, I know people. Yeah. Once people share that much with you, they do tend to become fond of you. And, yeah. and like me of them, I've so many clients that have become great friends and stuff. But my point being is, it's just bizarre doing this job and realizing. Like one conversation can like set off a very strange path for people, mm-hmm. and it's you know just to see them like I'll have somebody say, "Well, that's kind of that point I was making earlier, where like you still." Oh, I was just coming to the mic. You were oh, talking yeah, about I'm there. Scratching an itch. I'm so sorry. It's not here. <laughs> not the time. No, um, save that you, shit for the house. You, we scratch at home, Holly. When you were younger, and even up until recently, you kind of had a hard time identifying when people were like actually interested in you versus when they were interested in you that has not changed artistically or like mentally yes that has not changed i still have i'm still guarded when there I have been people. so many times where like people i've never met but you just tell me a couple of stories and i'm like that person is there for a different reason yeah like nah and oh I'm what like, are you ta- you're talking about trying to fuck me uh, yeah or like just oh, get th- you yeah i thought you were talking about just because how... you've had some like stalker-esque there yeah there have been a couple of uncomfortable uh fans well, obviously not name anybody but Fuck no, <laughs> not the ones that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, the but I, I meant in regards to just the job I do. There's sometimes I'm very guarded sometimes, and I meet someone who's a little enthusiastic towards me because I can't, yeah. I wonder like, are you just trying to get free work? It happened. Your like that happens to me. Yeah, I have to be apprehensive about why people are actually befriend, befriending me. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's just for what my husband does. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, your husband's a tattoo artist." Uh, I don't. I don't like being guarded. Like once I'm over that hurdle with you, then I'll open up and we'll be friends. But yeah. there are definitely there's probably a lot of people that are like, "Oh, that explains why he didn't fucking text me back or whatever." Because I'm just usually a little part of me is like, "Ah, not this again." Where you're like overly nice, and then you send me this idea you had, and then you're hoping that yeah. like because we are friendly now, it's twenty percent off. You yeah, know, that's it. Gets old. Yeah, or even the people who don't understand what you do, and they're like, "Oh, you're a tattoo artist." Well, I've got a band, and we really need this like album cover. And you're like, "Oh, oh yeah, God damn it, that's." <laughs> I can't blame them. Yeah, and I feel terrible for the fact that I have to let everyone down. But yeah, when people are like, "Oh, you're a tattoo artist," well, can you design my poster for me? And I'm like, "That's 
I mean, I get that from your perspective, I do visual In art. the very early days when you were doing digital media. That and made sense. Set, set yeah. painting and stuff. Do you remember how many of our family members and friends were like, oh, well, Tyler would just do it. I'm sure you could get oh, Tyler to free. do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tyler, by the way, I'm opening up a bakery. Can you do like all of the logos and the cards? And just in your free time. Just in your free time. Just, just in your, your free, free time. time. Just when you have a couple minutes. And I'm like, oh, this $9,000 marketing package. I'll do it. Yeah. In my free time. <laughs> Can you design a logo for an apartment complex? <laughs> oh, God. I designed an apartment complex. You did. Yeah. You fucking, you became an architect. What on the, the spot? fuck? How did that happen? For anyone that lives there. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yeah. If things aren't going well, it's because a tattoo artist designed most of your layout. For free. <laughs> no, I did get paid on you that. You did. Yeah. Yeah. At some point I learned. That's a, you know what though? I have to blame myself because there is yes. a point where you have to learn to say, pay me. Shut up. Pay me. Oh, yeah. And I didn't acquire that skill till later. Yeah. Um, that's a journey every artist goes on. Yeah. Where you just, you finally put your foot down. You're like, I'm not doing shit until you pay me. Yeah. And then you lose a lot of friends that you realize weren't friends. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That's really rough. Um, but, you know, you got to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be a broke, starving artist in those. Uh, you'll do great work, but you won't eat. We've always ate. Oh, we eat. <laughs> I started with mac and cheese. Yeah. Velveeta, shells and cheese to me. Yep. Exact. Lots of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, we did eat a lot of that. That, that, <laughs> pulled me out of, that. that pulled me out of my depressive fast. It did. Yeah. I fasted. I, there, who knows the days why is this like a myth now it is it's like no one could... I, for me it seemed like forever yeah because i was just so nervous i was like you need to fucking eat it was like i i felt like it was a, a week i went a week without food. and i watched you shrink well you lose weight fat when yeah you do, well so... like i have those photos of like you meditating with little girl like a day before i had mason yeah and you were you looked cancerous because 130 something pounds you were tiny i walk around at 180 now that's the difference yeah, yeah. but i was going through a heavy spiritual uh exploration and fasting creates very interesting head spaces what time is it 224 oh okay um well you know what we'll talk for two minutes and then wrap this bad boy up but anyways uh the fasting so i would i would go without food for like seven to ten days and just drink water and the only the reason being is this was the longest one you've ever done though yeah it was a long one but that you do it for disciplinary reasons mm -hmm. uh to not be so enticed by the yeah. the wills of the body but also the headspace you get uh your body's always doing something. You're right. always digesting. You're yeah. always doing something, breaking down carbs. When you stop, stop, for real stop, you find that a lot of that energy goes upward and mm -hmm. you, you have strange head spaces that you can you can tackle some big problems. So yeah. I don't do it as much anymore because I feel fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I was doing. But long story short, you you were finally like, this is you're fucking done doing this and you made the most bomb-ass mac and cheese ever <laughs> and then you just set like a little tiny just fan little, on the counter to blow yeah. at me. And I, it, I literally was like, <laughs> I came online. I was like, yeah. "This is fucking, what is that?" And I was like, "Oh yeah. no, you're not. I didn't. I'm so sorry." I and I was asked. like, "Enlightenment <laughs> can wait. Uh, I need this mac and cheese." But you just, she just pointed out, we have to go pick up her children. Yeah. Which means we've talked longer than we should have. So yeah. this might be a long episode. Um, sorry. What did we cover? We covered how we met. Mm -hmm. We covered. Uh, Oh man, thinking back the on house this now. fire. Yeah, but it just seems like we covered a lot of just me not being great. <laughs> Whatever. This is what you wanted. It's made for me. Yeah, I you want. You asked me for this. I want people to know me authentically because this is me. Uh, this podcast to me is is like a, going to be a record I can look back on in forty years. Yeah. And I want it to be the summation true. of this. Real quick is yes. that you were a very difficult child, right? A very difficult teen and pre-adult, right? But you've learned a lot from it and you've grown a lot from it and you are an incredible man now. Thank you. And an even better father and a really great friend. So 
That is very sweet. The work was worth it. You have always been not difficult. <laughs> Thanks. <You> have <laughs> I have a lot of anxiety been, about that. <laughs> been very patient and kind and definitely uh, like nurturing. I think if you could wrap me up in one word. It's well and and like no no hyperbole genuinely probably kept me from killing myself. So thank you for that. And that I'm means sure, a lot. Yeah, don't ever mention that in front of the kids. I won't. They take shit so fucking seriously. <laughs> really oh God do. damn it, you can't even joke around these kids. Uh, so anyways, yeah. Um, and here we are, many years later, functioning adults. I'm happy in life. I'm I like, happier than I've ever been. Yeah, I like helping. We just spent two days with each other and it was great. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, genuinely like to help out people if they need it mentally because, mm-hmm. you know, that's just not fun. It's rough. Yeah. And real mentally too, not like, you know, have, <laughs> have you tried showering and cleaning your room? <laughs> Like, no, have you tried... Self-care. Yeah. Have you tried sitting in a dark room and staring your yeah. traumatized child in the face or childhood? Um, childhood. Or know, child. It's Or try. Yeah. <laughs> what are you... Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's hard work, but that's... Like, did you think it was going to be easy? No. You know, that's... that's So, anyways, if, any, if anybody needs help, you can fucking DM me, dude. I will... It's not easy, but I will tell you what I know to... And same. I tend to be the therapist well, yeah. for my people. Reach out to Holly if, if you need a soft hand. Reach out a to me. soft hand. If you want your face pushed in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's like boot camp. But uh, we have to go pick up our children. goddamn children. Who are going to complain about everything from this moment on. Yep. Because it's the end of the day. Yep. <laughs> they got nothing to complain about. This is why we vacation without them. Yeah. I used to see people do that, like rich people. And you're like, they're bad parents. And now I realize that, no. They're, <laughs> I, I, you said this the other day, and I still can't wrap my head around it. I will never go anywhere without my kids. I don't care if they're 17. What? the Not leaving them at home. Oh, oh, vacationing and leaving them at home? Mm-hmm. Did I mention we should? Yeah, you said, no, we can do it. You were like, when Mason's 18 and oh, yeah. Abby's 14, and oh, I was I like, absolutely meant, I thought not. you meant now at this age, I was like, there's no, no. fucking chance I was cool with that. No. Oh, so you don't even want to leave them when they're 18? Nope. Okay. Not well. until they move out of my house am I cool with them. It's I'm, a mom thing. I'm, no, I get it. I'm, you have way more anxiety than me. I'm like You went to the same house parties that I went to. Like I. I know. I OD'd so, at one of them. <laughs> why fucking point? I just don't feel like that's our kids, man. They're so wholesome. It's probably not, but I don't want them to deal with the person ODing. You know, like I don't want that. I that's was, true. I was the one. Who I feel worse for the person was in the shower with the guy who was yeah puking blood. So like I'm. I feel worse. I don't for want that, that for Abby. Um, uh, that's true. I don't. Boy, that got dark, man. I think <laughs> it's gonna be fine. God damn, <laughs> let's just go pick them up. Okay. Get the McDonald's or something. Jesus Christ! All right, well, guys, this is a weird episode this weird yeah oh boy i gotta edit this we'll find out again. later if involving your wife was a bad idea or not. i've heard that before <laughs> um all right well we gotta go we gotta go uh it's been an honor really. yeah I, that was fun having you on here we got very little tattooing accomplished we did yeah, yeah like something hurts but uh well you just you were wincing to the point i didn't feel like derailing a really good conversation with pain oh, so i kind of yeah. backed off but I'll see you guys on episode. So this won't get finished for another 20 years. <laughs> and, no, I'll get you. God damn <laughs> Not in front of my friends. Sorry. So uh, next week, I'm going to be interviewing someone we both know, I think. Is that Amy? Yeah. Probably? Yeah. That ought to go well. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. If you guys want to see what it looks like for me to take real abuse, <laughs> Amy fucking pulls no punches. <laughs> All right. Well, bye, guys. Uh, thanks for being on. You can tell them goodbye. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>